Traveling the Vortex. We have joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at an episode that's a urban myth. Episode number 369. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Good. Like an urban myth, I used to be based on truth. No longer? No. I'm more like an urban legend. Ooh. In my own mind. (laughs) Always got to one-up me, don't you, Glenn? (laughs) Did you guys have a good week? Uh, Yeah. It was kind of long, but uh, I had a good week. Did you guys do anything fun? We've been playing a fun game for actually the last two or three weeks that we bought. Uh, Holly and I got gift cards for Christmas from Target. We were looking for a new game, so we bought Exploding Kittens. Have you guys played that? <gasps> mm-hmm. I love Exploding Kittens. It is Kittens. so much fun. It's basically a card game, and you try to keep from getting the Exploding Kitten, and you have to defuse it if you do get it and put it back in the deck. And The cards are really funny and clever. It's, it's a real simple mechanics. In fact, some of the mechanics are similar to Uno. Um, we actually played a couple new games this week, um, which is one of the reasons we was so busy. Uh, I had bought Mel. There was a Kickstarter for a new card game called Unstable Unicorns. And I was like, well, this is just right up her alley. Uh, and it's, you know, this card game and it, you go through and you're trying to build a, a, a an army of unicorns to go conquer the world and be um, the, the, the queen or the prince of all things glittery. And then Patrick just got one that was kickstarted, um, and I don't remember the name of his, but it's like feudal Japan, uh, and you've got um, daimyos and uh, uh, buddhas and, and things that you, you you put out on the board, and you try and take and control territory, similar to Risk, but not really. But it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. So we did that, and then uh, I also got two movies knocked off my list this week. Um, we watched. Uh, Professor Marsden and the Wonder Woman, hmm. which is outstanding. I can't say enough good things about that. And then um, we watched High Anxiety, which I realized um, I remembered as a kid. That was one of those HBO staples that was on all the time, it seemed like. And I've never seen all of it. Huh. I'd only ever seen the hind end when they're at the hotel. Hmm. And I remember them blowing up the picture Yep, that's the. Th- I remember all that, but I had never seen anything at the beginning at the asylum, or <laughs> that was quite enjoyable. I was like, "Wow, it's like a Mel Brooks movie I've never you seen." How often does that happen? Fruit cup. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do? Not much. Didn't really do much this week. Now I feel bad. I huh. sound I did, like me. I did we, all this stuff, and you did nothing. We had a little photo shoot at J.C. Penney's. Oh, now I see, I knew you did the something. They were cute. That didn't go as well as we hoped. She didn't. Wasn't as smiley as normal, but. Well, do we have any feedback this week? No feedback this week. All right. Well, if people want to contact us, how can they do it? Sounds like we're being desperate. If people want to contact us, how do they do it, Keith? They can send it by going directly to our website, travelingthevortex.com, and fill out the Send Us Feedback tab. Uh, you can also reach out to us on any form of social media, or you can email it directly to feedback at travelingthevortex.com. Have you checked our uh, link yet to make sure? We didn't I haven't test recently. It. Maybe we'll... Let me, let me do hey, that People right usually now. let us know if they don't hear it. Yeah. So. I did that out of order anyway. Let's do news now. <laughs> I thought you were just doing that on purpose. Yes, I was. Of course I was. Of course you were. Of course. Uh, in news, they have... BBC has announced that they're releasing... A special edition of the Enemy of the World, at least in the UK. There is—I've not seen a US release date for yeah. this yet. Knowing 
how this has been going, it will be two years later. <laughs> <laughs> or Because we're still waiting on Shada. <laughs> so with, with each consecutive release, the, the, the U.S. version comes a little bit later. Yeah, <laughs> at, at the rate of Underwater Menace, it's going to be... 2025. I think part of that comes down to the fact that they, I think the UK is still a lot, a very DVD friendly. Here we've really kind of drummed out DVDs. You don't see DVD releases as much as you do, used to. DVDs kind of become a thing of the past here. We're more on to the Blu-ray and digital download. And I think uh, part okay. of that, yeah. yeah, I think part of that is the fact that... I was trying to figure out where he was going with I think that. They're, I think they're leery of releasing anything on DVD here. And while it's still a viable option for the UK, does it make sense to sink any money into a Region 1 version that may end up sitting on the shelves? Now, I don't think that would happen with Shada, especially if you did like a limited run or even with Enemy of the World. But there is always that potential. And so I think maybe they're weighing their options as to what to do. So. The answer is yes. What? Because I'd buy it. <laughs> what annoys me about not making it available Region 1 on DVD is if they don't make it available digital download, then I think that's a that's major a, flaw. Yeah. That's a major Because issue. this is not just with special features. They have remastered all of the episodes also. So it's not... They were restored for the 2013 release. Now they've remastered them, so they're going to look even better than they did before. Plus there's... Wonderful bonus features, uh, including a nice uh, one about remembering Deborah Watling. Get on it, BBC Worldwide. We want it over here. December, uh, March 19th in the UK. Of this year. Of this year. Oh, it's just a month away. Yeah. Oh, wow. Quick turnaround for the announcement. Yeah. You also get scripts on P- SPDFs. Ooh, that's Ooh. cool. Yeah. All right. What's What else? Another bit of interesting news is we've heard a lot about the... What could have been for the day of the Doctor and having Christopher Eccleston in the role. Stephen Moffat has given a part of the scripts to a publication from Observe Books called A Second Target for Tommy. So it's a book for charity, and if you buy it, you can read an excerpt of what his original draft of the day of the Doctor 50th anniversary script would be. Oh, that's neat. What is A Second Target for Tommy? Do you know more about that? It uh, every penny of profit raised goes to support Don Bavand. While uh, it's a sequel <laughs> to a Target for Tommy, um, which is helping uh, Tommy Don Bavand, a writer, overcome throat cancer. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's a good cause. All the money goes back to him. So every single penny. So it's getting published for as a charity. Also, oh, wow. That is a cool thing. So there's no real word of what else is in this book because the, <laughs> this uh, little nugget is overshadowing everything else. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. At least in the Doctor Who universe. Yes. Fandom anyway. That is for sure. Very cool. What else? Uh, and then a couple of area conventions have announced dates. Uh, Vortex of Time down in Wichita will be July 28th. And it will be held at... The Sedgwick County Extension Education Office Center. And then British Fest has announced its 2018 dates, which is August 4th and 5th, and of course in Omaha. Their theme this year is time and space. Yes. They're going to have an all-new set piece, the Doctor Who Black Archive. Ooh. Yeah. And of course, some of the props that Terry Malloy and Colin Sprawl brought last year will be returning. That's it for news. Cool. Well, shall we move on to our reviews? Exotron. 
The Farakosh attack us, and my Exotrons defend us. On a distant colonial outpost of Earth, a group of terraformers is under threat from the planet's most fearsome predator, the giant carnivorous Farakosh. All that stands between the colonists and the grisly death are the Exotrons, huge robots equipped with devastating firepower designed by the outpost leader, Major Taylor. But all is not as it seems. How are the Exotrons controlled, and where did the colonists find the resources to build them? The doctor wants answers, and Taylor is reluctant to provide them. Meanwhile, outside the compound, the Farakosh are massing. Somebody else take this one. I'm not sure how I felt about it. Bum, bum, bum. I give it about that, yeah. Okay. It wasn't bad, but it was rather predictable, I thought. I didn't, was, there were no surprises to it for me at all. Did you suspect that he was controlling the dead bodies in the... That part was a that, little that bit of a... That, was, that the was the one surprise, yeah. 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 That's my caveat, I suppose. Yeah. Um, uh, I agree. There wasn't anything that was too surprising besides that, but I thought that revelation was enough to go, oh, aha, that was kind of neat. You didn't, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. So. And the fact that uh, the ex-wife's lover was one of them was a... Logical step, but it was a nice step. I, I really appreciated that aspect of it. I don't disagree with either one of you. That's kind of where I think I've one come of, down on it. One of the also plus points for the story is the fact that it is only three parts. That's a very big plus point for it. It, it clips along and it moves quickly, and that's not a bad thing. I feel, um, I'm not quite sure why. What, what are the, the, the creatures called? Farakosh. Farakosh. In my mind's eye, I had trouble conceptualizing them they were just bad guys taking monsters you know there was no until later when the uh the one guy says it's a talking dog that shattered (laughs) whatever having seen the cover and the giant dog-like creature on it i'll see i didn't look at the cover i just grabbed it just i don't know that line in particular just completely shattered whatever image my brain was struggling to come up with and kind of the whole thing unraveled for me at that point i went Oh, okay. Well, and and uh, Perry describes them as hyenas. Yeah, giant, yeah. Giant hyenas. Giant hyenas. Don't get a good look at them on the cover. It's the back end, but ah, I think it's a different cover than the one I've seen. The one I've seen just had the robot on it. Well, the cover for the yeah the Exotron. Exotron. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's not a bad story. Um, although it's kind of odd that the the first part of this so-called virus. <laughs> saga whatever it is we get a, a story with the sixth doctor and mutinous robots and then the virus and this one we get wait what was the um, i don't think there was a virus related to this one well no but the virus was the the id oh i, I see I, am, um, I see where you're or, going. Ur- urgent calls id was the three-part uh, what was the virus there, he, oh, he, what was that he's, he's comparing the three-parters that are part that are attached to the virus story right the, the the original the twenty minutes stories right the, are the virus ones uh, he's comparing the well, the, the similarities the, between the two the, three the, parts. The, the previous three part story that we listened to with the sixth doctor where he gets dumped onto the trash right. planet ID. ID no uh, yes yes ID. ID you're right um uh, had mutinous kill robots in it. Oh, it did, yeah. Okay. And here's another three-part story that is attached to a one-part virus story. Oh, okay, story I got you. I'm that has I'm killer robots in it. So it's just kind of, although supposedly they're protecting, but you know, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of an odd, oh, there's a little parallel there. I don't know if that's intentional or not, but it kind of struck me as odd. I didn't, didn't even 
zero in on that. I'm actually. reading nothing into this again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had uh, I had a little trouble taking the Taylor seriously, partially because I just imagined Charlton Heston in a loincloth most of the time. <laughs> Especially since I wondered if you went since there. Since the past week was the 50th anniversary, and then after I saw that, I listened to this and just Taylor every single time. <laughs> Shut up, bright eyes. <laughs> I thought um, the the beginning bit of business with uh, Perry doing botany was wonderful. I yeah. really yeah. liked that, and I liked how the doctor was kind of. Kind of humoring her, oh, you're, you're doing your stuff, and she's like, "Well, this is a blah 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 blah." Oh, and then he maybe on purpose flubs the thing. She goes, "Well, it's actually shrub, or what?" I, I again, I'm, I don't remember now, but um, and he, he, you know, he goes, I'll, I'll forgive your faux pas because if you carry my bag or something, he says, "Well, maybe we need to." And he starts just laying out this litany of science, and it's like, "Oh, you were just fooling her, weren't you? <laughs> you were just kind of playing along." <laughs> And I was torn because on the one hand, I was kind of like, I kind of like the fact that Perry has a, I've got one up on the doctor. Of all the things that he knows, and he knows everything, of all the things that he knows, maybe he's not as strong in, in, in botany as, and then he, no, <laughs> pull the rug out from under again. But I, I enjoyed that. I thought the performances were, were, were very good um, from both uh, Davidson and Nicola Bryant. The story just, I don't know, it just didn't seem to grab me. I, I, I was in, engaged enough. You know, it moved at a good clip. It just kind of was okay. I don't know. I quite enjoyed it. I, I thought it was. Uh, uh, See, I have to come down on them for Glenn to say anything positive. I, I like the uh, I like the chemistry between the Doctor and Perry. In fact, I think it's a little stronger when Airman's not there. But I think that's because I think uh, yeah. Airman and Perry's chemistry yeah, is so good. That's very true. That I think the Doctor in that scenario gets a bit sidelined. Not in the story, but from that perspective of. Of the chemistry with among the the crew, uh, but well, this it's time, nice too that we get five in Perry because there were so little yeah, of them on screen. Is, oh so. yeah, yeah, and so I thought this was a, a good meld of that. And uh, even when they're separated, and her concern for him and his concern for her, I think is really genuine. And uh, leading him through the corridors with the uh, video cameras so that he can get back to the uh, what's his name's office. I that was one of those. Okay, this is a little like intense and, and compelling. I thought that was that was pretty cool because the the Farrakosh or the well the Farrakosh and the Exotrons are uh, battling, and so there's all this danger and chaos going on, and the Doctor having to get back there and uh, them directing him the wrong way initially. Go like, oh, no no wait stop. <laughs> uh, that was a that was a bit that kind of kept me on the edge of my seat, which I thought was really good and, and played into it really nice. But um, you know overall I do. The scene that really got me was at the end when the doctor somewhat slipshod seems to think plugging himself into this suit is going to be a good (laughs) idea, which immediately just is like, no, no, that's not a good idea. That's a very bad idea. That's a very bad idea. And then the little bit of description that we get, oh, this is a neural, okay, and this actually inserts into, oh, this is okay. I'm like. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, what are you doing? And there's something about the sound effect. Uh, the, again, fantastic production design because we talk about that so much in Doctor Who. <laughs> something about the way that was put together was just very unsettling. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it was it was wonderfully upsetting because it was good and it, it 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 did kind of. And then he goes into his whole, oh, I'm sorry, Perry. The TARDIS will take care of you. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> 
what is going on here? Are, they gonna, are, you, are you dying? I mean, I know how this turns out, but I was legitimately concerned that they were going to write him off. <laughs> Somehow. I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> Unregenerate. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just it was a, that was a very very intense scene. I thought it was very intense. it was intense. I'll give you that. I did also question why the doctor was going th- through that and if it was necessary. Yeah, considering how he how much contact he was able to make without even needing to do that previously. Yeah. Well, I think he had to get in there to disrupt. disrupt uh, I keep wanting to call him Jefferson. What was the guy's name that? Uh, Major the, the, the Taylor guy Taylor yeah I keep on finding why I don't want to call him Jefferson Taylor uh, we, I think he realized he needed to maintain control over this net this neural net and so I think the only way he thought he could do it was to insert himself so was Jefferson the guy that got injured is that why no no that guy? guy's name start with a T Tyrion Tyrion I thought that was Taylor no Taylor was the, the Shrini bad guy Shrini, Shrini. Yeah, Shrini. Sergeant Shrini, Shrini yeah. I think. I don't know where, I don't know where Jefferson came from. <laughs> what was the uh, ex-boyfriend, or the, the, the not the ex-boyfriend, the bo- the boyfriend, the one that died? What was Christian? His name? Christian, yeah. So that's not even close to Jefferson. <laughs> what was Taylor's first name? Hector. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> is there a J name anywhere in this? There it really isn't. What, what? Who's the bad guy that shows up at the end? I, yeah, I had something, and now it's gone. So <laughs> the bad guy. Are you going to say something about the bad guy who shows up at the end and gets away? No, not really. <laughs> Which makes me wonder if we're going to revisit oh. him again later. Maybe that's the... No. No. <laughs> did you did you finish listening to the other one? No. I no. Didn't. Oh, well, see, you don't know. <laughs> Be quiet over there. <laughs> um, so, overall, good, I, good story. Yeah, and I liked all the interpersonal stuff in it, too. It, yeah. it helped thrust the story forward and make me care... Uh, more about the secondary characters. I would agree. I do like the idea of the the, the terraformers uh, coming in, and you know, kind of the, the wider world plot that they had going on. Yeah. So that was that was a cool one. I completely cannot remember what I was going to say, so I should just shut up and let you move on. I'm stalling because I, I it was oh yeah I should talk about that and now it's it's not there. So let's talk about um... <laughs> urban myths. <laughs> urban let's myth. move on to urban myths. In an expensive restaurant somewhere on Earth, three gourmets are planning plan their evening. First item on the menu, the death of the doctor. Does it really call them gourmets? That's what it said. G-O... Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to spell it. I know you know what gourmets. Gourmets. How gourmet is spelled. All right. Gourmets? No, it's gourmets. Gourmands? <laughs> um, a, a connoisseur of good food? All right, I guess they're gourmets. Gourmet? I would not have uh, called them gourmets, but... I got a D in French, so... I mean, that's what they... They obviously... A connoisseur is a good food. It's around... They they know what they like, and they're eating, and they're they're having, you know, this meal as they're trying to piece together this story uh, to justify them, you know, taking out the doctor. Um, I really enjoyed this story. Interestingly (laughs) enough, though, that this one I thought was the most predictable. Oh yeah, uh, because like I really kind of, especially after the first story and the second story sort of changes, made me think that well, Perry's obviously giving them some sort of antidote to, or or giving you, you you either think she's giving them something to persuade them that he didn't really do something bad and maybe he did, 
or she's giving them an antidote and they have the wrong impression. And because it's Doctor Who, you have to go with the second one that they're giving. Oh yeah, him, she's giving him an antidote. You went to the first story and you can know, absolutely know that's not how they right, was. Right. That's not anything close to what actually happened. See, part of the is, this is one that I want to give the idea a really big done in a. But I think the execution's a little wacky. See, on how I it was think put the together. execution was brilliant. Oh, the, really? The acting yeah. from everybody. You can really tell the was great. Yeah. I just, I'm with you. I felt it was predictable. Again, it was only one segment, so you know that's fine because it didn't take any longer than that to tell the story. But when you start your episode, well, at the very beginning, it's the CIA, so automatically I don't trust anybody in the room. <laughs> when you start the episode with the doctor laughing maniacally, going to the TARDIS armory and <laughs> blowing something up. With a bazooka. With a bazooka. It's like... You know, Ludicrous levels it, really it, high. Yeah, it, it, it's so ridiculous that, you know, even if you... I wonder what's happening. Even if you didn't launch into that immediately, you had to launch into that immediately and go, no, the doctor wouldn't do that. So when you start there, and then the next one comes down a little bit, and then the next one comes down a little bit, it's, it's kind of like, well, see, I preferred that. I think really? I, I, I like, like the slope I like the, of the absurd to the to the rational. I liked that the absurd to the yeah. familiar, and because you go from one extreme of you're just you're almost angry because you're like you're listening to this going, I know this isn't the doctor. I know right. that this is all fabricated. I know this is unreal. This is not the way they are portrayed. So it makes me want to know what the next step is going to be, especially when she launches into the story. Well, I don't remember. Maybe it was exactly that way. And so I was interested to see what subtleties they could do to bring it down, but still keep it a fabrication of uh, what really happened. And so that compelled me to listen to that one. And, And you teeter on the edge of, okay, maybe this is the more, maybe this is the realer to the story because there are now plausibilities within this story yeah. of how the doctor would act and react. Well, compared to the first one, except sure. for <laughs> Except for Perry. Well, that's why I thought it was good that they started with the absurd. They came to this one because then you're, you get into that, you get engaged in that story and you go, okay, is it, was it more this scenario that had happened? Only to be turned on its head and find out the real scenario was much different than that as well. So I kind of liked how they did that. Start with the really absurd and then kind of work you into the familiarity. I thought that was a, a brilliant I just, just kind of wish well, that... And because it's CIA, you automatically don't trust them and don't like them. So right. you know, I, I, at least I didn't initially think of the virus or some sort of antidote to trick them. Well, the only reason I knew they had a virus is because somebody tipped us off that there was a viral arc. So I wouldn't have known anything at all, but then I I, I thought, well, they're getting an antidote for some virus they have. I probably spent 10 minutes after this episode just kind of doing other stuff, it going on, me thinking about it in the background before it clicked of, oh, that's what the connection was. It was a virus also. (laughs) At least 10 to 15 minutes. Well, I kept waiting for them to drop the fact that it was the virus was implanted by suggestion or speech, and I thought, oh, we're going to get a little backstory to where this virus came from. No, it doesn't have anything to do with the other virus, <laughs> other than the other story had a virus in it as well. So, I just feel like... Do you think somebody in Big Finish is on? Maybe I should wait for next week to talk about or the next set to talk about. Do you think somebody in 
big finish that week had a, or maybe there was an outbreak of a flu virus or something. <laughs> and they said, you know what we ought to do? We ought to do some stories Moral about virus viruses. Norovirus was really bad at this time. Yeah, Norovirus. Mad cow disease, I think, might have been going around. I mean, I just think there were people in the office out sick, and they were just like, you know what? <laughs> Tag with it. Let's just do something on viruses. I just feel like if you had gone with maybe a middle-of-the-road interpretation that we could have believed, but maybe had some weird acronyms in it, that we would have been going... What? See, I felt like that, that, and then to ramp up to the no, it was this. I feel like they, like they missed a joke that it, it would have been that's all, the absurdity all, of. But it. that's the problem. Then it would have just been a joke. Is all it would have been. Right. But the problem with that, I, I, I see where they're going because of the way the story is structured, and the fact that he's giving them the antidote. You would get better with each course, so you had to start with the absurd exactly. and work right. your way down. Right. I get that. I just. I don't know. I, I, I just, feel like, but the way that you're saying it, then it would have just been for the sake of a joke. The, the way they did it structurally is for the sake of the story. So I think it's, yeah. it works. It works really. I, well. I still think the story is kind of a joke. Well, it that is too because you know, it's very. In fact, this it, it made. I me mean, think, it's an absurd story that we've when, got the suggestion virus. Well, and, but when you've got urban these, myths. Well, it's not a suggestion virus. This virus was made you think of. Ba- you know, the right. Ill lies or, right, or right. The, the the wrong cause. The suggestion virus was from. Uh, I think you're trying to cross the, the virus. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Anyway, I knew what I meant. I spoke wrong. <laughs> the uh, but it puts me in the mind of of in the Star Wars universe in Legends. Now they always had these stories from Tag and Binks, and they were these two wayward stormtroopers that you know really always got into these weird situations, and they were these really dunderhead guys, and the portrayal of these CIA agents sitting around this table having a meal really put me in mind of that type of character of you've taken these CIA guys who we all kind of as fans loathe because of their history with uh, Gallifrey and their history with the doctor. And you've put them in a situation where you've made them real dunderheads in a sense. And I kind of liked that. It put me in that. This is kind of one of those. It's almost on the verge of an Elseworld story where you don't really necessarily think these because, as you said, the absurdity of it all. You don't really think of these guys as okay. This is the these guys are the how did these guys get the scene? <laughs> yeah, I think the ineptitude so of I, this. the ineptitude of it. So it almost it's, it verges on an Elseworld story, which I almost feel like Urgent Calls did the same thing. It was a bit of an Else, and that's because of the different style that it did. Right. But it, this gave them another another feel of a different style of storytelling with them all relating stories that gradually became more to, uh, to closer to the truth as they went. While they're being fed food that is an antidote for this virus, so that was very, very clever. See, whereas I think ID was a great example of a different way to tell a Doctor Who no, story. No, not ID or urgent, urgent calls. calls. Um, I, I think it was a great example of how to tell a Doctor Who story differently. I would liken that more to not necessarily an Elseworlds, but it's like more like Blink. It's a very yeah, cool, innovative, yeah. just different sure, way of doing sure. it. But this one, well, I think this does the same thing, but has an Elseworlds feel but, to it. But because the story is is kind of ridiculous. And because of the absurdity of, of the level of, of, of some of the stuff, and because of the ineptitude of the CIA, all of those things in my mind combined to make this, it seemed like they were going for a farce, but but not. Well, I think it. I the, think they were. That, that yeah. I think they were, and I think that that's that's, that's part why, of why I enjoyed it. That's what played. Yeah, that's. But see, what for me, they didn't go big enough. I, if you're if you're going to do farce, I want a farce. I want it to be. Well, you know. Yeah, but. Sometimes you still you, have to well, stay it, within the realm of yeah. continuity or within the realm. Well, of Doctor yeah, I mean, there, and there, there are times so. to do it. I mean, Doctor Who and the Pirates is kind of a good example of something that's so outlandish, but then hits you with that ending, right? That, right, that, that right. it comes back down. Yeah, and I don't know. I just it's not that it was bad. I it's just it didn't quite do what 
I think I wanted. Well, you're Maybe. wrong again this week. Yeah, <laughs> I really like the ending too, where Perry has to stay a waitress for this yeah, Time was, Lord. For was a, <laughs> that's another farcical element. A that, fun comical ending yeah. to, the, to the whole situation too. Now, what really I'm curious to know is, so th- these guys got this this bug, and uh, kill the doctor, blah 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 blah, and Perry drops the idea that you didn't do this just to curry favor at the CIA, did you? And he's like, no. Did they really pick up the virus on the planet? Yeah, it's, it sort of implies... Yeah. Or did, did he means, infect them on purpose? It means to imply <laughs> that he infected them, that there's a chance that he... or They left it ambiguous that he could have infected on purpose, but... Now, if it was a seventh Doctor story, I don't think there any doubt. <laughs> but I don't think I believe that of 5e. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah, probably not. Okay, so I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joy and a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what it comes down to. It was so much fun to listen to that these issues that you have don't bother me. Yeah, and you couldn't have done this in a three or four part story. You have to oh, do no. these oh, in, yeah. in no, a no, twenty no. minute story. Yeah. And I think even even uh, we talked about this when we talked about urgent calls. That only that format works in twenty two minutes. This format works in twenty two minutes. That I agree with. I, may, maybe my expectations were set up too high from urgent calls because I liked that one so much. To come to this one and think, oh, it's going to be like they're doing that again, and then they didn't. I don't know. Maybe that had something to do with it. Too high of expect- different expectations. Different yeah. expectations. Well, I'm kind of but... glad they didn't do it again. Yeah. No, I, had they different. done it again, it would have been even worse because <laughs> it was like, well, been there, done that. So this was a different take on on doing yes, a twenty-two <laughs> minute story. So it was good. I think I could have enjoyed this format even in a longer. In a, in a longer format, yeah. I don't had think had they expanded the story so each telling was yeah, was a longer version, maybe it could have worked. I the, it would have gotten a little tiring. The, but the thing is, the really farcical one though would have got old. I think yeah, in a really longer quickly. format, yeah, yeah. It, it, that needed to be short. But you would have to scale it back a little bit or change something. The actress who played the um, the female Time Lord sounded very familiar. I want to say maybe that she was in Orbis. Does it? Uh... Nope. She was in Son of the Dragon. Oh well, that that would explain that. Who is she in Son of the Dragon? She was part of Radu's harem. Oh, was she the jealous one that was yeah, kept, so. had it in for Aramid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. I knew it was something that we had just listened to recently. And she, she warned Perry of the attack on the Turkish camp. Okay, maybe it was a different one. Cool. Yeah, she's one. I, I think they try to smuggle out of the camp when they escape. Anything else about this one that uh, you guys want to talk about? All right, what do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? I feel weird being the curmudgeon. <laughs> you know, I I'm suppose this can to kind this of, school. if for anyone who had issues with Clara's diner as the her communion <laughs> circuit, yeah. <laughs> maybe this was Clara to begin with. Okay, now I hate it. <laughs> we never met her. Not really a Time Lord, but the wow. Fifth Doctor wouldn't know that. Well, he just assumed she was a Time Lord because she had her own target. And and, and he said he's known her forever, which, well, technically, from 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 Doctor One, it's Clara. (laughs) All right, what we got coming up with the show? If you missed the uh, the feed on the uh, website, there was some (laughs) schedule corrections. If you're you're surprised why we completely did something different than we advertised (laughs) last week, here's why. Reason surprise. Um, I goofed. Uh, apparently, um, this is uh, part of a... The, the, the title of this episode is going to be, Nope, 
You've downloaded the right episode. <laughs> Apparently, Big Finish went and did a thing, and I wasn't aware that it was a thing. So I had this on the schedule in a different order and then realized that it needed to be in this order. Maybe, maybe not. So I changed it. <laughs> That's the long and the short of it. Um, so yes, we, we uh, uh, did ex- Exotron and Urban Myths this week. Uh, next week, uh, for episode 370, we are doing the... Um, Eighth Doctor Adventure, Season 3, Number 4, We're in Dawn. So that's another big finish audio. And the Titan Comics, Twelfth Doctor, Year 3, 5 through 7. So that has not changed. The week after that is our uh, uh, Brigadier uh, special. We're going to do the Liberty Hall short film interview that's on the Modwin Undead DVD. And Candy Jar Books, The Lethbridge Stewart Quiz Book by Mark Jones, which has not changed. First week of March is the uh, Titan Comics crossover event, Lost Dimension. We're going to do all eight issues. That has not changed. Now here come the changes. Um, Big finish number 97, The Wishing Beast and the Vanity Box for 373. We're going to do something special for 374 because Glenn's going to be gone. So it'll just be Keith and I, and we decided about an hour ago... <laughs> that uh, because Glenn's gone, we're going to take advantage and dip our toe back into the Torchwood universe. So we'll get some details uh, for you on that. Uh, and then um, the following week is Lost in Time, uh, or, or a Lost in Time special with Highlanders. We'll be looking at the novelization and the the recon, and that will be our Epiversary episode 375. Uh, which will round out March. The schedule does go on through uh, the rest of April, um, if you are interested in that. But that kind of covers the... Uh, the, the mainly, it's just a few things were resequenced um, more than anything else. So we pop this one in to put it, hopefully, in the place where it's supposed to be. <laughs> and we'll find out later in April if that mattered. <laughs> I have a feeling it was a theme, not an arc. Probably <laughs> close to the truth of that. Um and if you have other questions, you can go. The, the, the full schedule is obviously posted on our website. Where you will also find a link to Patreon if you'd like to support us on Patreon. We appreciate it. All that money goes back into this podcast. For those of you that are already supporting us, we, again, thank you. I also want to thank those of you who have chimed in with different uh, ideas for upcoming uh, uh, episode uh, discussion uh, uh, ideas, discussion we've decided topics. To do, we've decided to do none of them. No, <laughs> they were all horrible ideas. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think I've even seen any of them yet. Glenn can be reached. Glenn at <laughs> the comments of those no, people. No, there, there, there's some wonderful ideas in there. No, there were some very, very good ones, yeah. and I, I, I think we are going to do them. Just maybe not. Uh, uh, I mean, obviously not in this immediate schedule because I already had, even though it was wrong, I already had the schedule set and ready to go. Um, but coming up, so... Um, well, we've got a whole year. Yeah, well, I mean, however long we continue to do this, I'll be sprinkling them in <laughs> well, there. Well, until, until uh, uh, Jody starts, and then we'll have to put everything on hold. While That's true. Right. But uh, again, if you have other ideas, feel free to send them in, because we are still soliciting for other discussion topic ideas. But thank you to those of you who have chimed in. Cool. Anything else we need to discuss this week? I don't think so. If not, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.